This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch.
Flat Out Kahukura Fun. You are tuned back into the Flat Out Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. Live stream and podcast us via freefm.org.nz. Accessradio.org, Apple Podcasts, accessmedia.nz, and now on iHeartRadio. Flat Out. Tuya Ngario Otehapuri. Bringing together the voices of our community. That's how we roll. That is the tagline for Free FM 89. And that's how we roll too. Hey, bringing together the voices of our Kahukura community. Stunning. You've got Lady H on your mic for your funky Friday. We love having you on board. Absolutely. You are tuned into the station and the show that celebrates us, the Glit Fab Rainbow Fano. That's gay, lesbian, intersex, transgender, takatapui, queer, questioning, fafine, kaivine, androgynous, asexual, bi, and all the fabulousness in between. Two spirited, pansexual, oh, all sorts of flavours, all sorts of colours, and non binary, and all the licorice all sorts. Flat out. This afternoon, evening on the show, we have got a fabulous lineup for you. I've quite enjoyed doing my rangaho and my research for this content. Uh, beyond binary, under the spotlight, and Mexican third gender. So, I'm going to look at what's hot and happening for your coming weekend. We have a segment here sharing about Mexico's third gender. Now, they're speaking in their deal, so I've had to voice over so you can hear what their corridor is about. Hopefully that doesn't take away from the feel um, of their, or the vibe of their corridor. We've also got under the spotlight, I wanted to uh, highlight and celebrate Stormy de la Vere, a really interesting woman. Uh, her history is amazing. She is American, but I just wanted to highlight her under the spotlight. And we've also got TED Talks. So moving beyond the binary of sex and gender. This is Yugla uh, Stefania. Um, and of course, we've got beats peppered through there. So each of the beats I've picked out are uh, related to the content or the kaupapa uh, called it all. So that is us for your show. And let's get into the goodness. That opening beat there was a solo rosa, something good. I'm feeling that jam in terms of the vibe of this year. Something good. Okay, so let's get into the goodness. Tech talks moving beyond binary. What sort of genitals do you have? Can I see them? What sort of underwear do you wear? Which bathroom do you use? Are you a boy or a girl? Wait, what's your real name? Imagine being asked those questions on average at least once a week for the rest of your life. Seems pretty intrusive impolite and just downright rude, right? Well, for me, this is a reality. Why on earth would anybody ask you those questions, you might wonder. Before I tell you that, I want to go through a few basic concepts so that we're all on the same page. First, I want to talk about sex. And no, not sex as in having sex, but sex as in biology. You see, our sex is a combination of our bodily features, such as chromosomes, hormone production, fat distribution, genitals, hair growth, and so on. And we refer to them as sex characteristics. When a person is born, we usually assign them male or female based on these sex characteristics. Because it's just that simple, right? Well, it isn't really that simple. 
In fact, sex characteristics are so vastly different between people that there are at least 40 recognized variations of sex. Usually, when a person falls outside this binary of male and female, we refer to them as intersex. When an intersex child is born whose genitals do not fit into the binary of male and female, surgeons will often perform medical interventions to surgically alter their bodies in order to normalize them, often without their parents' consent and certainly not their own. I don't know about you, but to me, this seems like nothing but a clear violation of someone's human rights. Secondly, I want to talk about gender. When we think about men and women, boys and girls, we get a certain idea in our head. We associate women with femininity, and we associate men with masculinity. We expect men and women to dress differently, do different things, and have different roles in society. And this is partly what gender is, the socially constructed idea of what men and women are and what we expect them to be. Because it's also just that simple, right? Well, not really. Gender is also much more complicated than just two binary categories of men and women. In fact, gender is different between gen different societies and different cultures, and it changes through time. So gender and the way people identify their gender is therefore often much more complex, and the reality is much more diverse. Now, this is where I come in and tell you a little bit about myself and why I get asked these questions all the time. When I was born, I was assigned boy based on my genitals. Despite this, I am most certainly not a man, nor have I ever been. Shocking for some of you, I'm sure. <laughs> Usually, when a person is born, we assign them, as I said before, a certain gender based on their genitals. And usually, it's right. Usually, it fits. But sometimes, it doesn't. And I am an example of a person that that doesn't happen. And I'm also not just a gay man that took it a bit too far before someone asks. <laughs> because to be a gay man, you need to A, be a man, which I just established that I'm not, and you need to be attracted to other men. Being gay has to do with your sexual orientation, while being trans, like I am, has to do with your gender identity. When I was 14, I started playing an online game called World of Warcraft. In this game, you can create a character and play with people from all over the world through the internet. In this game, I introduced myself as a girl to the people that I met there. I don't, know, really know, I don't really know why I did it at the time or what was going through my head, but it helped me realize something that I'd been struggling with for years. It was something that I had never really said out loud or even admitted to myself at that time. The fact that I was not a boy. As time went by, I got to know the people in this game a bit better, and eventually they wanted to meet up in real life. Now, this is where things got a bit tricky for me. You see, I was 17, and I had not told a living soul that I was trans, and I actually had no opportunity to explore my identity at this point. So I confided in my best friend, and I somehow convinced her to travel with me and meet these people. Now, this included that I had to go shopping for new clothes, I needed to learn some basic makeup tricks, and generally learn how to be a girl. Now, if this doesn't show us effectively what a performance gender really is, I don't know what does. But as no one actually knew about this, we had to be very secretive about everything that we did. 
We'd spend whole afternoons in the shopping mall pretending to be shopping clothes for her, when in fact we were shopping clothes for me. I'm sure you can imagine the look on the store clerk's faces when we were buying clothes that didn't really fit my friend. She would often get questions like, Ma'am, are you really sure that dress fits you? When we finally traveled abroad and met the people, it was a roller coaster of emotions for me. I remember getting off of the train at the train station, and we walked up a flight of stairs. At the end of the hallway, I see the group of people that we were going to meet. In this moment, I completely froze. I turned to my friend and I said, I can't do this. She took a deep breath, looked at me and said, I did not go all of this way and do all of this so that you can back out of this now. So you're going to take a deep breath, pull yourself together, and we're going to meet these people. And then she grabbed my hand and pulled me towards the group of people. This trip really couldn't have gone any better for me. Uh, and it was the time of my life, really. Because at this point, I was finally living. On the way back home after this trip, we met two Icelandic women on the same train to the airport. And as Icelandic people do when they meet abroad, we of course said hello and introduced ourselves, because Icelandic people are kind of tacky like that. <laughs> as soon as we get back to the airport, I go and change my clothes to more neutral clothes, as I still had my old name and gender marker in my passport. As soon as I step on the plane, these two women we had met greet me as the flight attendants of that very flight. I'm sure you can imagine the look on their faces because they were just as confused and surprised as I was. But for me, this moment represented something. It represented the two worlds meeting, the world I had created for myself over the internet and the reality back at home. So for me, this moment was pivotal. When I got back home, I started telling more people that I was trans. And when I was 18, I had my big coming out. I announced to everyone that I was a girl, and for the longest time, I totally conformed to all of the socially constructed rules of what we expect women to like, what we expect them to do, how we expect them to dress, and so on. I told everybody how I loved to dress up in dresses all the time. I told everybody that I always knew I was a girl, and I told everyone that I always loved makeup. I also told everyone that I loved to play with dolls, and my favorite movies were chick flicks such as Mean Girls, which, by the way, is the best movie that I've ever seen, just to be clear. I always had this haunting feeling, though, that I was just fulfilling a stereotype. You see, I wanted to prove to everyone that I was, in fact, a girl. And I actually had to prove it to medical professionals in order to get the healthcare services that I needed. So I played the role. And I played it so good that I even managed to convince myself that this was who I really was. Eventually, though, I realized that everything that I was constantly doing wasn't necessarily because I really wanted to. It was mostly because of society and the messages I was getting from people around me. Eventually, when I realized this, I started living more as my authentic self and stopped worrying about the pressure to conform and what I should like and what I should do. I indulged myself, and I allowed myself to do the things that I really loved again. I allowed myself to be me. And if you think that you have it tough trying to live up to gender standards, you don't know the half of it. 
it's so multiplied when it comes down to trans people that we have to accept having a mental disorder and we have to fill requirements of medical professionals who are complete strangers while they evaluate, judge, and decide whether they are convinced that you actually are the person that you know you are. So of course I played the role and told them everything that they wanted to hear. It was honestly very easy because it's very tragically stereotypical. I honestly sometimes felt like I was in a factory and they were making sure that they made the perfect men and the perfect women that conformed and did not rock the boat too much. Today, I identify more as genderqueer or non-binary. This means that I don't identify with the categories of men nor women. The reason for this is because I don't feel comfortable being lumped into these categories because I feel that they are oppressive. I feel like people expect me to conform to certain things that I have no interest in conforming to. So for me, it's personal as well as political. But that's because life is political. As you can see, my expression is mostly feminine, and I'm not entirely uncomfortable with being classified as a girl. But I don't feel like I fit neatly into this box. I also reject the notion that I am inherently male because of my genetic makeup. You see, sex is also a social construct, just like gender. The meaning that we put into these categories isn't made by nature. It's made by us humans through social interaction. I alone have the power to define myself and my body. No one else. Sometimes you will get people who tell you that you aren't this or you are this or you're not that and you're not this. And this is a message that I want everybody to take in, that nobody has the power to define anyone but the people themselves. And that's one of the most important things. Imagine being constantly questioned about everything that you do. People constantly harassing you and berating you about who you are. Trans people don't only face this, but we, only, we also face a serious threat to our mental and physical safety. We are prone to developing anxiety, depression, and other mental problems, as well as an overwhelming majority of trans people trying to or committing suicide. Access to healthcare is often severely limited for trans people around the world, and even non-existent. Trans people are therefore often at the lowest class of society, with no chance or opportunity to live out their true and authentic lives. And this is just one way that the current ideas about sex and gender affect people in seriously harmful ways. And this is something that I want all of you to take away with you today. The way that we think about sex and gender today are harmful, oppressive, and unrealistic. And it has to change. It's not just harmful for trans people like me, or to intersex people, or people who somehow don't conform. It's harmful to all of us as a society, because it affects all of us in different ways. And when things are starting to harm people for simply being themselves, we need to stop and think, how do we change it? Because we actually can change it. But it's going to take a bit more than just showing up at a pride parade once a year, waving a flag. You need to speak up about injustice, and you need to confront prejudice actively. You need to help us deconstruct the idea that sex and gender 
are binary categories and that they are unconditionally tied together because it's this that's causing harm. Before I leave, I want to use this opportunity to pay my respects to all of the trans people who have fought before me and all of the trans people who do not have the same status and privilege as me in society. I want to use this opportunity to pay my respects to all of the trans people who have lost their lives due to prejudice, discrimination, and violence that these binary categories produce. As we say in the trans community, may you all rest in power. Hi, everybody. So I'm going to play you one of my brand new songs. It's called Girl or Boy. And it is in response to one of the most common questions that I get, which is, are you a girl or a boy? <laughs> um, and I want you all to know, too, because I see a lot of you um, trying to defend me when people are like, is that a girl or a boy? Or that looks like a boy? Or he sounds like a girl or whatever. And um, I want you to know that I actually welcome those questions and comments because I hope that I am causing people to question, you know, what does it mean to be a girl? What does it mean to be a boy? Beyond just the um, biological definition of female and male, you know, why do, we, why do we think that girls are supposed to be this way and boys are supposed to be this way? So anyway, <laughs> I think we're all special and different, so here's my song. <laughs> girl or is that a boy do they play with dolls or do they play with toys I have to know the pink or blue the pink or blue now how will people think of you if they don't know how girl or boy changed and lines are blurred and I don't understand I have to get a grip of this it's blowing my mind I am not a lesbian but God she looks fine pink or blue painting hanging over someone's crib while they're waiting to grow to be one or the other living to please and appease their mother and i hope we can grow to see that everybody is unique and i know they told us when we were kids but we forget it cause they also said don't be a pussy to the boy who cried and they also said to the girl who fought that's not very ladylike well we gotta know who decides it do you or do
Yeah. My hook and my whanau, you are tuned back into the Flat Out Pride Hour here on Free FM 89.0, independent community media. You can live stream and podcast us via freefm.org.nz, accessradio.org, Apple Podcasts, accessmedia.nz, and now on iHeartRadio. Flat Out. You are tuned to In the Station of the Show, but it celebrates us, the Lit Fab Rainbow Fano. Join us Fridays at 5 on your free FM dial. That last beat there was by Danny Shay, Girl or Boy. Oh, I thought that was kind of a cool song. Loving their jam, loving the way they're singing it, um, and their energy. I think that's one person I'm definitely going to follow. All right, up next on the show, Fano, under the spotlight, I wanted to highlight, celebrate uh, Stormy Adelavia. Now, Stormy was an American woman known as the butch lesbian whose scuffle with police was, according to Stormy and many eyewitnesses, the spark that ignited the Stonewall riots. Mm-hmm, that person, spurring the crowd to action. She was born in New Orleans to an African-American mother and a white father. She is remembered as a gay civil rights icon and entertainer, who performed and hosted at the Apollo Theatre, Radio City Music Hall. She worked for much of her life as an MC, a singer, a bouncer, a bodyguard, and a volunteer street patrol worker, uh, known as the Guardian of Lesbians in the Village. She is known as the Rosa Parks of the gay community. Stunning. Born on December 24th, 1920. Passed away on May the 24th, 2014. Aged 93. Wow. So according to her occupation, Master of Ceremonies, Bodyguard, Singer, Bouncer and Drag King. Cool. So De La Vere's father was white, mother African American. Uh, she worked as a servant for his family. So calling to De La Vere, she was never given a birth certificate and was not certain of her actual date of birth. She celebrated her birthday on December the 24th. As a child, Delavere faced bullying and harassment. She rode jumping horses with the Ringling Brothers Circus when she was like a teenager. She stopped riding after being injured in a fall. She realised she was a lesbian near the age of 18. Her partner, a dancer named Diana, lived with her for about 25 years until Diana passed away in the 1970s. So according to a friend, Lisa, can't pronounce her last name, sorry Lisa, uh, Delavia carried a photograph of Diana uh, with her at all times. Stunning. Now, going on 52 years later, the events of June 28, 1969 have been, been called, as you know, the Stonewall Riots. Um, Delavere was very clear that riot is a misleading description. It was a rebellion. It was an uprising. It was a civil rights disobedience. It wasn't no damn riot. Whee! Nice. So, at the Stonewall Rebellion, a scuffle broke out when a woman in handcuffs, who may have been stormy, was roughly escorted from the door of the bar to the waiting police wagon. She was brought through the crowd by police several times as she escaped repeatedly. She fought with at least four of the police, swearing and shouting for about 10 minutes, described by a witness as a typical New York city butch and a dyke stone butch. She had been hit on the head by an officer with a baton. Four, as one witness stated, announcing that her handcuffs were too tight. She was bleeding from a head wound as she fought back. Bystanders recalled that the woman, whose identity remains uncertain, Stormy has 
been identified by some, including herself, as the woman, sparked the crowd to fight when she looked at bystanders and shouted, Why don't you guys do something? After an officer picked her up and heaved her into the back of the wagon, the crowd became a mob and went berserk. It was at that moment that the scene became explosive. Some have referred to that woman as the gay community's Rosa Parks. Nobody knows who threw the first punch, but it's rumoured that she did. And she said she did. And Lisa, her friend, um, and the owner of the village lesbian bar, Henrietta Hudson, she told me she did. So whether or not Delavia was the woman who fought her way out of the police wagon, all accounts agree that she was one of several butch lesbians who fought back against the police during the uprising. Wee, stunning. Ooh, I'm getting moved just talking about it. Um, so the Jewel Box Review, she done... Um, the Black Theatre Circuit as the MC and the only drag king. Um, North America's first ra racially integrated drag review. Uh, now, the review really played at the Apollo Theatre in Harlem and uh, as well as to mixed race audiences, something that was still rare during the era of racial segregation in the States. Um, and she performed as baritone. Stunning. So during the shows, um, the audience members would try and guess who the one girl was during the review, um, during the performance. And then at the end, Stormy would reveal herself as a woman. Uh, during a musical number called A Surprise with a Song, often wearing tailored suits and sometimes a moustache that made her unidentifiable to the audience. As a singer, she drew inspiration from Diana Washington and Billie Holiday, both of whom she knew in person. During this era, when there was a very few drag kings performing, her unique drag style and submersive performances became celebrated, influential, and now known to have set a historic precedent. Stunning. She also had an influence on fashion, in, costume, in her costuming um, performance and makeup. So her being biracial would pass either as a man or a woman, black or white. Offstage, she cut a striking, handsome, androgynous presence and inspired other lesbians to adopt what had formerly been considered men's clothing as streetwear. She was photographed by renowned artist Diane Arbus, as well as other friends and lovers in the arts community, in three-piece suits and men's hats. She is now considered to have been an influence on gender non-conforming women's fashion decades before unisex styles became accepted. Wow. Now, um, Delavia suffered uh, dementia in her later, later years, from about 2010 to 2014, she lived in a nursing home in Brooklyn. Though she seemingly did not recognise she was in a nursing home, her memories of her childhood and the Stonewall uprisings remained very strong. Uh, 2012, on June 7th, uh, the Brooklyn Pride Inc. honoured her at the Brooklyn Society for Ethical Culture. Uh, in Michelle Parkerson's film, Stormy, The Lady of the Jewel Box, was screened way back in 2014 um, and Delavere was on alongside uh, a few other people. So she passed away in her sleep on May the 24th, 2014. No immediate family members were alive at the time of her passing. Lisa, one of her friends, 
um, became one of her legal guardians and stated that the cause of death was an actual heart attack. She remembers De La Vive as a very serious woman when it came to protecting the people she loved. Stunning. Wow. Stunning. That is all I can. I have time to share with you, Fano, and I love those these kind of inspirational, moving, uh, shifting, changing energies and people that have made a difference in our world. Love, love, love. Her beat I've got coming up, Billie Holiday, All of Me, because that was one of her inspirations. Let's go into that, and then we'll cover what's happening this coming weekend and look at Mexico's third gender. Stay tuned. You're tuned back into the Flat Out Pride Hour here on Free FM, 89.0 Independent Community Media. Live stream and podcast us via freefm.org.nz via the TuneIn app. 
accessradio.org, Apple Podcasts, and now on Heart, Heart Radio. Of course, accessmedia.nz. Tui at Ngāreo o Te Hāpuri, bringing together the voices of our community. Flat out, you've got Lady H on your mic for your funky Friday. Tune in Fridays at 5 on your free FM dial. We love having you on board, Farno. Hope you enjoyed that last segment under the spotlight. Stormy Delavia. That last beat was Billie Holiday, All of Me, one of her icons that she looked up to and followed, and a personal friend at that. Uh, we have what's coming up, what's happening for your coming weekend, and now we're rolling into Mexico's third gender. Whoosh. Um, now, this clip uh, tells four different stories. And you'll hear my voiceover because they're speaking in their native tongue. Hopefully it doesn't take away from their feel or the vibe of their kaupapa kororo. Uh, but I wanted to share this because this is the first time I've seen this information and I really wanted to share that with you. So you got to hear and know about it too. Then we have a beat by Selena Dreaming of You and that is us before we hit the weekend's beats. Alright, stay tuned. Mostly girls approach me to play. I wonder why the girls wanted to play with me instead of the boys. Time passed and people started saying, Another moss? One is born this way, not this way. My parents knew, but they had it from everybody. My mother was very supportive, but also said I could never leave home. It's not being gay. It's not being homosexual. It's not about being another role in society. Being musha is musha. Starts me as a powerful four or five years since I like to dance, one day I was invited to a party and I dressed up like a woman. Someone took a photo and the next day the photo arrived at my house. My mother received the picture. I came back from work. And my mother asked me, who is this girl? She told me I was in big trouble if my father ever saw that picture. If I had children, I'd never allow all I've been through to happen to them. But right now I'm okay, all good. Everything that happened to me gave me experience, right? But what can we do? 
la misma. Te quiero mucho porque ayuda. Él trabaja, él hace comida, él hace todo. Él hace todo. Él hace todo. Since he was little, two years old, I knew he was mushy. Because his birth was so painful, I was not painful. I was supposed to have a boy's birth pain, not a girl's birth pain. A boy's birth pain is a stronger, bigger pain. Enough. In my house, I was beaten. I had to look at my shoulder. If he was drunk, I was in trouble. I started working in the store and I would sleep there too. I'd rather get yelled at there. In the store, they yelled at my mistakes at home. It was different. They would beat me for nothing. Yo me desaparecí como dos años y pues como que me perdieron de vista tanto. Ya cuando me volvieron a ver, pues yo ya me dejaba crecer el cabello y ya me dejaba. Todavía no sabía que era la situación de mi papá. De mi mamá pues yo sabía que me iba a apoyar. Yo solo sabía que mi madre me apoyaría. Cuando yo era niño yo tenía esa idea de vivir como una persona mushe. Mi nombre es Carolina Elvis. I want people to call me Caroline. I like to use makeup for my lips and my eyes. I want to be mushy. My oldest brother scolds me, and he hides my clothes so I can't wear them. He doesn't like to see me wearing woman's clothes. My sister likes it. Sometimes I borrow clothes from her. He wears a skirt from a friend of mine, a blouse and makeup as well. Honestly, I wanted him to be a man. But he was born like this. It is something from birth. As soon as he started walking, we knew he was like that. It doesn't bother me. He is my son. I accept him the way he is. I thank God because I didn't have any girls, well, only one. But with him, I have two. Some mothers, because of the economical situation, they want a mushy son. If they only have sons, they need someone to help them in the house. And if they see their son has any feminine tendencies, they encourage their son to stay on that path because it's the right thing to do. Those mothers who protect their sons like that are very selfish. They say, thank God I have a mushy son because he will never get married. There are many muchas here. You can see two or even three in a family. To be part of the society, that is the most important thing. 
que tomen en cuenta de que también estás viva, que también know you are alive and smart. Aquí la sociedad society in general ya se fue conociendo más la vida de los músicos. La gente fue aceptando. Muchos Mushes son is a normal thing. Normal. La mujer the woman who is a man who is a woman. Pues in harmony. That doesn't no happen very often in this world. It only happens in just There were not many opportunities for us here. En tiempos, pues, I would clean houses for work, si no, I would sell candies no in the streets. Pues aquí, como es un pueblo, pues, it's a very small town. I had to hustle. So I went to Mexico City. I worked on the streets. I was a prostitute in a bar and on the streets. <laughs> I didn't have anything, just a cardboard box, but I did have to pay for my drugs. If I was with a client and he had cocaine, I would make lines with my card. I would teach them how to do it, because I did it all the time. I didn't have to buy a bed or a headboard. I injected hormones so that I didn't have a beard and my voice sounded feminine. It was 120 pesos each and I had to do it twice a week. I injected everywhere. My butt, from that I ended up in hospital. One month and a half my body was paralyzed, I couldn't even talk. I was in a coma for a month. When I woke up, my mother was there. That was what made me feel the most ugly. All my mother had to go through because I was such a war. It was very sad and very painful. I thought she was going to die. Just for being mushy. But she doesn't deserve to die. It was very hard. The relationship with my father was very tough. I couldn't eat at the same table as him. He had to eat alone before I could eat. If my mother was not on my side, he would have killed me or I could, could have left one or the other. He never sat down and talked to me. I didn't have any good memories of him. No, I won't forgive him. I can't. I told him once, you were dead to me. My mother just wanted to help me to understand what I really was. She helped me when my father was beating me. She never said to me, I want you to be mushy. Never. People say there are so many mushy here because the mother has a lot of influence. There are mothers who really want a musha.
and push the kid to This is true. I like my life. I don't regret anything, regret anything I went through. If I was born again, I would still be mushy. I'm okay with the life I had. I don't have any problems with it. Now at home, they call me by my name, Mariana. My real name is gone. It's a part of the past. The wind took it along. I am a man who wants to be with another man. When I was a kid, I had the idea of living like a person. But this idea changed radically. I want to live as a person who is prepared. I don't deny my mushy identity, but I don't want to have such a conventional life. I do consider myself as mushy. Mushes, to me, is freedom. You move, you have fun. People see you smiling. Everyone you meet is talking about you. Mushes, to me, it's a smile. Shine a star that's up.
You're tuned back into the Flat Out Pride Hour on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. You got Lady H on your mic for your funky Friday. That last beat there was Selena dreaming of you. Let's go now on to what's hot and happening for your coming weekend. Today, Friday the 11th of June. It's June. Happy Matariki Whanau. And we're halfway through the year. Ultimate Athlete Mount Maunganui Obstacle Race happening at the Mount for the whole weekend, actually. Fab Fridays at the Ivy Bar and Cabaret starting at 9 o'clock. Sad day the 12th. Oh, I hope you got your ticks for the Whitechapel Jack Auckland. Native Fires playing at the Woolshed Tavern. Lip Sync Assassin's Fall happening at the Ivy Bar and Cabaret. Electric Panther Volume 1 at Nick of the Woods. Paige Julia, Levi Sneed Place. Decolonizing Community and Leadership is an online pro, uh, course. Can we talk about performative community? Drag Brunch at Delicious Food, a delectable drag show, Ever Beaver Events, for your Sunday. Monday next week, the Transgender Support Group is meeting at the Historic Village in Tauranga Moana. Cuban Salsa Wednesday Fun Class, the Waikato Commerce Club on your Wednesday. Uh, same Wednesday night, Student Karaoke Night at Ivy Bar and Cabaret. Six, win a $60 bar tab. Still on your Wednesday, the 17th of June, Liberation and Why You. Challenges to the LGBTQ Liberation and Why You Need to Know. This is an online event. Gender Dynamics at the Transgender Youth uh, group in Tauranga, sorry, um, and that is for your Thursday. Still on your Thursday, the seventeenth, courageous conversations: how to navigate through life authentically. That's happening at the Meteor here in our very own H Town. Still on your Thursday, Ursula Carlson is performing in Sydney. Jealous much? That's what I've got in terms of our weekend ahead, Farno. Look, that's me. That's all we've had time for. I've run out of time. Have a fabulous weekend, wherever you are, whatever you're up to, whomever you're getting up to. Be safe on the streets and in the sheets. Condoms and loop are your safest form of protection, Farno. We'll catch you all up next week with a fabulous another lineup. Modi ora, happy Matariki. And happy Pride. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.